I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you unsuccessful and with few friends? Impress passers-by with the all-new Guitar Nerds t-shirt. Head over to guitarnerds.net forward slash shop and buy yourself one of the all-new official Guitar Nerds t-shirt. Nerds! And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hiya. And Joe Branton. Hello. Um, how is everyone? Chipper. Very good. Be- yeah, great. Before we get started, I just want to address something that's come up in the Facebook group. Um, this was uh, from Colin, uh, who said, Hi everyone, just wanted to let you know of a great, uh, want to let you all know a great new drinking game I've invented. The rules are simple. You'll need our favourite podcast and a bunch of drinks. So I'm not sure if he's talking about this podcast. But is he talking about the Freakonomics podcast? Let's assume that he is talking about this right. podcast. <laughs> okay, we gotcha. like to think we're all your favourite podcasts. He says, you'll need your favourite podcast and a bunch of drinks. Tea, coffee, milkshake, Yakult, oh, whatever you fancy. Tequila! Now take a big swig of your tipple every time you hear Matt glitch, every time someone mentions the random tone generator or DD500, and two swigs when you hear Jay describe something as really, really good, or describes the Mojo Mojo as transparent. I just discovered the podcast a few weeks ago and I've been working my way through them. Love your work, guys. Keep it up. So there we go. Um, thanks for sending that in, Colin. I think we could do that. We'd. Uh, what I will say is we do not endorse booze drinking. Are we going to do an alcoholic podcast? Oh uh, No, we're not. Oh. No, but the listeners, if they choose to, could I pick- think it should be espressos. No, but that's Every- way worse. Like that girl who drank like 16 espressos while she was at work and died. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, and there'll definitely be more than 16 swigs. Um, I, I, should, I, I just want to point out something that uh, as soon as I read this in the group, um, I, I thought of something else that definitely should have been in there and someone else uh, got to it before I did. You, more than I say really, really good, you say indeed. Indeed. Uh, Matt says, um, "Funny thing is, there's you know there's some there's some classics. I think we should. I don't listen. I don't know. Just I tend to. Joe doesn't say anything. I just. I tend to. Joe I tend to switch off from Joe. Every time Joe says something bad about Mark Bass, pour your drink on him. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, there we go. So if you can think of any other rules, we might put together some sort of official guitar nerds drinking game. Although we do not endorse." the consumption of booze uh, particularly if you're under the booze drinking age wherever you are it should be maybe this should turn into a get fit podcast every time one of us says one of these things just do a sit up okay yeah I like that or like a little you know a push up or yeah do a push up, up or a crunch yeah the guitar podcast that gives you rock hard abs indeed there we go rock and roll oh I said indeed someone's got to do a drink um <laughs> So, yeah, if you've got any other rules you want to add, go over to the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash uh, groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum, uh, and do contribute to the Guitar Nerds drinking of non-alcoholic, perhaps Yakult, or... Uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. Yeah, that sounds pretty vile. A drinking game with Yakult. Eggnog. <laughs> I literally can't think of a worse drink. What's it made out of? Eggs? Oh, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, definitely there. Um, how is everyone? How's everyone's week been? Matt Knight. 
Uh, very good, thank you. I um, have played some guitar. Um, on a non-guitar related note, my girlfriend bought me tickets to see Darren Brown next week. So I was like, oh, oh that'd be really good. Um, finally get a chance to do that. Maybe he'll play guitar, who knows? Um, that, although I think that would maybe be Maybe he'll make weird. you play a guitar. Yeah, maybe you'll... Maybe, imagine that. Maybe you'll get maybe. up on stage and play a f- air guitar with your pants down and you won't remember it. <laughs> maybe it'll make me actually like a good player maybe it'll be like oh yeah like, I'm gonna Probably no not, it's though. never gonna happen. he's gonna unlock yeah. some sort of guitar secrets in your brain yeah um, yeah <laughs> so you um, <laughs> take, take a drink um, so you bought a new uh, you bought a new pedal this week I see I did I bought a carbon copy off a friend um, and because I've I saw I that just, creeping I've in on the corner one. of your board yeah, I've never owned one. I th- at least I don't think I've owned one. I might have <laughs> at one point. Maybe I bought one when they first came I out. Th- I can't I'm remember. sure but you actually, had a carbon do you know copy. What it, yeah, do you know what, though? It made me realise that I actually really want a carbon copy bright. I really think they sound better. They do sound better, 100%. Um, they're in the... Uh, yeah. We should mention, actually, at this, uh, this juncture, that there is a couple more days to vote on the listener's choice uh, for gear of the year over on the Facebook group and what? Carbon Copy Bright is one of the options what's winning at the moment I don't know because I don't have my internet turned on I nice. do feel like we should um, not count votes from people who work for the companies of these products so I did notice earlier that the boss products were there's a, a couple were, of uh, there's uh, there's at least four people who work for <laughs> Boss and Roland in the group at least four good on them for, uh, for getting behind the podcast and stuff <laughs> their votes may be discounted from the uh, they can vote for something else you know you're allowed yeah, to do right. that <laughs> yeah that won't happen um, but yeah at the moment I think the ESA is actually winning but who knows after we uh, d- issue the penalty points for I think maybe we'll take one off take one off for, for every vote that they've yeah I'm down with that. So I think that'll even things out a little bit. Carbon Copy Bright is also up there. Um, yeah, there's uh, it's, it's going to be heated, I think, as with all the Gear of the Year stuff this year. going, I've been going back through and adding to the spreadsheet of Doom that is the kind of master tool for uh, for Gear of the Year. And I've added some new stuff. It's Everything's starting to... Uh, categories are starting to fill out a little bit more. So, um, it's going to be good. I'm hoping that like we're all still talking by the time it comes to like actually I mean, recording the podcast. After recording six hours of podcasts, I don't think we are still going to well, be talking. Well, no, but That's going to be but the my uh, my point is, you know, I think what well, I think our plan is for the four of us to meet up on a Saturday night and have a bit of a chat about it. I Maybe can't pizza. do the Saturday, so we're going to have oh, to record all the episodes on, on the Sunday. Sunday. There we go then. Okay. Um, well, probably should have talked about this off air, really. But well, um, I guess you know. I assume but, that's all right with you guys. So uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of podcasting on Sunday when we do the Gear of the Year rundown. Um, yeah, Jay Cross. Oh, in fact, Matt, you didn't tell us about your other new pedal. Oh yeah, which um, is really the more important missed, I, one. Yeah, um, so uh, uh, the amp brand Hovercraft, um, who Joe, I saw, I had one, I sold it to Joe, um, also make a fuzz pedal. But they're, rather than like the amps that are modded other amps, this fuzz pedal is like a completely unique design based on the drive circuit of their um, of their amplifier. Um, and it sounds really good. Like I'm really impressed. It's like really responsive to the volume control on your guitar. Sounds just like an amplifier. And it goes everywhere from kind of just like overdriven to like super heavy fuzz. Um, and they make them in like um, quite limited quantities. Like they only usually make one or two at a time. And every one they do, they tend to do in like a different color. Have a drink. <laughs> Uh, or different tones like that. So um, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get that. So that's um, I've been messing around with that today, which leaves, means I've got four different drive pedals on my pedal board. And I was thinking, actually, I'd rather have more drive pedals on my pedal board than anything else because they're the ones that vary more than I think any other pedal. What um, it's quite a large chassis, the Hovercraft pedal. What have they called the the pedal? I I can't actually pronounce the I I don't know how they actually pronounce it ionosphere or I ionosphere fuzz I, I don't really know how they've actually made the pronounce <laughs> I'm gonna go and look that up and it sounds uh, like a sounds like one of the weapons from Tiberian Sun yes yeah um, but yeah no it's actually it's actually the same size chassis as a a rat pedal oh okay. really it looked a lot bigger yeah. than that in the it pictures way bigger yeah no, it, 
No, it's the same size as a uh, as a rat pedal, and it also came with a a, a picture, not like of of an altar for some reason, of like some random altar, just in like the woods. a photograph. Yeah, I but I don't know. That's a bit they, sinister, to be honest. A little, bit, some, little bit sinister. I know it's a bit weird, but then that that's kind of the quirkiness of um, of that kind of amp manufacturer. They kind of they do all these sort of weird things and weird amplifiers. They made one. Um, they did a series called like the Art Series, and they get loads of artists to like design the chassis. And it had one, and it had like a um, like a dead mouse in like what's that? Flamida- Fla- Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they had that in the um, in the side in the side of the amplifier. In the cool. there was formaldehyde in the amp. Yeah, there was like a glass ball of it with a little mouse, dead mouse in the side. Jay, you couldn't buy that. I couldn't buy that amp for so many reasons. Who is that? Hovercraft? Yeah. yeah. Hovercraft. Oh, wow. Um, how bizarre. Is the dead mouse throwing you off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dead mouse is throwing you off. They did, a, uh, they did a Hello Kitty version of the Dwarvenaut 20, the amp that you owned and sold to me. I mean... Um, no, they, they, um, they said that they were never going to sell it and it did come up on eBay about three months ago, but it was 1,500 quid. And I was like... Can't spend. That's months. your dream. Do you, did no. they only do? Did they only do the one? Yeah, yeah, they really? only made one. Yeah, and it was number one hundred out of all the out of because the serial numbers are just sequential. So every time they build one, it's just yeah. the next one, the number. It's not, there's there's not like a weird serial number, and that was number one hundred. Presumably, there'll be all sorts of licensing around their Hello Kitty image. Do you think they just? I don't think we'll just do one. Hovercraft care. Yeah. Just do one. It'll be all right. Matt, what was the other hovercraft amp that you owned? Because you bought when you sold the um, Dwarvenaut twenty to me, it was because you were buying a fifty watt from yeah, hovercraft. Yeah, I, I had Falcon fifty. The problem was it was just too noisy. Um, I just think because they modify other amplifiers, if you don't like upgrade the spec, they just I don't know. They kind of have some of the flaws because they are, what they're doing is they're buying cheaper amplifiers and then they're modifying some of the components. But unless you pay to have them sort of like super spec, like they leave some of the cheap components in it, and it was just like it was really noisy um, to use at home, like and un- almost unusably noisy. Sorry, who uses a fifty watt amplifier at home? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's really it's you know you can wind them down for lower levels and it works really well because they have a half power switch. But it's still it was just like it was like noisy in the sense it was actually buzzing like it was some sort of like earth hum or buzz hum something like that. And I actually thought that the um, the Dwarvenaut sounded better. I thought, but they've just bought out a new one that's completely their own design, so it's hand wired from from scratch. What's that called? The caribou. Oh yeah, I think so I, I saw this. It's green as well, yeah. isn't it? The same as the dwarf yeah. knot. Yeah. I think um, to be honest though, if I was going to have another one, I'd like upgrade all the transformers and everything because you can do that as a as a standard option on the website and just changing the, the transformers to like a much better option would just give it a much better sound. I think. I haven't watched it yet, but um, Reese from Bigfoot put up a video today about um, like transformers. I think in different pedals or some component in a pedal um, mm. uh, talking about why his ones are basically better than everyone else's oh, really? cool. um, and uh, yeah I've not got around to checking it out but maybe we could talk about that next week um, yeah he is basically A-being between I think he's like modded whatever component it is into someone else's pedal right. um, so he's like okay this is the kind of rubbish one that it normally comes with and I think it's like quite an expensive pedal I didn't actually get a chance to like really watch the video but he uh, yeah then puts his component in and it sounds way better um, mm. and he was saying like even on top end boutique stuff this is like the standard part that everyone uses and you can just make it better by doing this so oh, right, right. Um, yeah we'll talk about that it's because it's because that's the first that's the first part of the circuit isn't it that's the power goes into the transformer and then that yeah. basically takes the voltage and powers the rest of the pedal so the better it is the, the better all the components are going to work inside and it's the same with an amplifier you know so if you if you kind of fall at the first hurdle, everything is gonna, you know, it's not gonna sound as good. And I know from talking to Reese when he first bought out the King Fuzz, I think that's why it took so long because he was spending a long time just getting like the transformer right. Yeah, I think that's what this video will uh, will delve into. But we'll um, we'll talk about that next week when we uh, when we've all watched it. Jay Cross, you've been out and about doing some gigs and stuff. Yes, I played a couple of shows this weekend. You did. Uh, it was good. Um, 
What what was the weirdest bit of equipment that you saw? The we- okay, that's actually a very cool question. There's two. I've got two answers to that. Okay, because oh, I think I know about one of them, which is why I asked. Okay, so um, I played um, a couple of shows, just sort of depping for my mates band, um, and we played with um, a band, this sort of like pop punk band called the Spook School. And um, the bass player from the Spook School uses one of those um, Eastwood Mossrite bass oh, yeah. copies. I'm in. Nice. It was wicked. Okay. It was really, really cool. Like that was, um, yeah. Like it, it just it sounded really, really good. And I was kind of secretly hoping that I might like snap a string on my bass or something so that I could Get to uh, use that. Yeah, but it didn't happen. Um, so there was that. Um, the other thing that I thought was really good was the guitarist in that band um, had uh, now which pedal was it it was the there was one of those one of those relatively new electroharmonics ones the hot tubes yep that's a that's a, one of the mini electroharmonics drive pedals in the hot tubes it is so yep. there, there used to be an old version that had actual yep. tubes in it and then they they've done it a really small one um, the guitarist had two Okay. On one board, and had, that was half of the board. There was two drive pedals that were uh, the same. That were the same. A tuner and a uh, a chorus pedal. I think. I think it was a small. Oh, of course, the an essential to pop punk. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> it was it, uh, the guitarist is just saying that like they did a tour in the US, and um, they didn't take anything, um, and just picked up one of these little pedals out there. And um, what, the hot tubes, yeah, because that's that's what was on the board at home. Okay, but because they didn't take any of their own stuff, none, none of them took any of their own stuff. They uh, just yeah, just like oh well, I'll grab that, took it home, and went okay, cool. I just put them both on the board, and so they were just set slightly differently. And I I, I just had a chat, and like the, the the reasoning was so solid. It was just well, you know, I really like the sound of it. But sometimes I like it to be sort of dialed up a little bit more. Yeah. And I don't want to have to keep... I used to just keep dialing it up and dialing it down. And I didn't want to have to do that. So two pedals of the same on one board, I think is very... I, th- I really like that. I thought it was really cool. Matt, is that a, um, a common technique in the uh, pedal board nerd fraternity? Like stacking the two of the same drive? Yeah. I mean, actually, I've seen... I, did I mention last week that uh, there was a company that I found that mod electroharmonics big muffs to make them MIDI compatible so you can have 128 presets? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like there's so often those pedals are really good and there's like three or four sounds that you always want to use. It's kind of like the soul food, really. And I suppose that's why so many people sort of bought two or, you know you know whatever something like that because yeah i mean sometimes there are sounds and people don't want to have to constantly change settings in between songs so it's it's yeah i i suppose if they're like 50 quid which the hot tubes are it's not so bad but i'm assuming that i don't think i've seen many boards where two people have got like i don't know two clons on it or something well, what ridiculous. about but what about h9s you see tons of boards where there's like, yeah, you, do. you know two or three even tied h9s that's a slightly different thing because, though because they yeah, don't do of course, one DD3s as well I think I see them doubled up a fair bit yeah yeah yeah. I mean I suppose with delay pedals maybe more so but things like Timeline or H9 or something like that because they're because they're MIDI you can then obviously use a MIDI controller to change you can have a hundred different presets and loads of different sounds where a drive pedal is probably only going to be three or four things you're yeah that's true use. yeah what and did you think I was going to say? I thought well, you texted me saying this first band is using a headless bass and a drum machine. Oh, yeah. So I thought, do you know what the headless bass was? Yeah, it was a Steinberger. Oh, of course. It's yeah. kind of the only thing available. It was a well, only, only new thing available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a Steinberger, and they had a lot of... But the, the guitarist and the bass player of that band, they were a two-piece, a guitarist okay. and a bass player, and um, they both had a lot of pedals. Okay. Um... I just wasn't into it at all. Right. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. <clears throat> no. It's all about the Hona the Jack. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? They were like a cheap version of uh, Steinberger, weren't they? No, it's like a cheap version of like um, a status. Okay. Because they horned. Okay. They used to do one that was just the cricket bat style. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Hona did that as well. It was great because they're... they're idea of having the, the tuners on at the base of the body, rather than having the sort of... Um, the the circular um, bolt style tuners 
um, sort of sunk into the lower level yeah. of the body because um, the Honer ones were so cheap. They were literally just just normal machine normal heads. machine heads on the bottom of the body. Ah, oh, so cool. That's so cool. I can definitely see you playing one of those. Yeah, I, I've thought about it a lot. Okay, I haven't quite got there yet, but you know. Talking about you playing one of those, what have you been playing this week? Have you um, been gigging or played anything interesting? Um, I haven't. Um, I haven't been gigging as such, but um, I, I we've been we've been preparing for tour and getting gear re- ready. I spoke okay. about me expanding my pedal board last week. Yep. Um, have you managed to fill that extra space? Oh, you know, I couldn't quite fit in the um, Godzilla oh, yeah. um, uh, pedal <laughs> that I have. So I've sort of got like I could just make everything have a little bit more space because I, or, or I could get something else in there but because it's um, a, a pedal train one I can't put a, a Moore style mini pedal on there because the slats are too because far apart because the slats are too far apart and, and it's not enough space to turn it side on okay so it has to be one pedal but it's got to be thinner than an MXR pedal but full size which I don't think is doable I don't think thinner I quite thinner than an MXR but slightly. as tall as well, an MXR I'll tell you what it could be MXR tube screen width, mini MXR width but the ins and outs would need to be on the top okay that's that's where my problem is Matt can you think of anything fun well that's like mini sized tube screen oh no not tube screen size no, sorry it's got to um, be full, MXR full size. size I've basically it's got about a boss width of pedal that sort of thing I've got about mm. that but not enough room to get the jacks in or, at either end what if you buy some of those jack cables that are like completely flat uh, because they break yeah they're not why very don't good you buy a, um, why don't you buy an MXR blue box because you couldn't fit the jacks in the side that's what he's saying it needs to be somewhere where the jacks oh, right. are on the top what about um... oh why don't you buy that um, what we were talking about last week from um, Ranger FX in London that uh, tiny delay? little delay yeah, yeah I mean that's a mini though isn't it but oh, it would yeah, be cool. Maybe, maybe I can the, fit it in though. The jacks are top mounted. That'd yeah. be quite cool. Oh, they are. I wonder if I can get that in because I probably have enough room to get the little Igor. Igor. Yeah, thing. you can squeeze I that. I definitely well. get that. That actually, in, instead of getting that, you should have. Or I'll, I'll just give you this thing that I've got that I, I never used, and I bought it years ago, and I've never really had a proper use for it. I've got a light controlled expression pedal. So rather, so it's basically just like course you have. a little photo cell on there. It's a li- tiny little box with a little photo cell on it, and then it just takes a stereo lead out, but it works like an expression pedal. Yeah, um, that, but that it, sounds the incredible. Only pro- the only problem is, is that it works in reverse. So the expression <laughs> pedal is, is is fully open when your foot's off, and then obviously when you close the light, it closes. So because I was using it when I had one of those Ranger effects, and the problem was, it's like having the expression pedal all the way up all of the time. So you kind of, yeah. It's, it's, there's no way to reverse the polarity which is slightly annoying but it's quite cool if you're using it for like weird defects and, and things like that that sounds mental um, but yes the, but yeah the, the, the other thing uh, uh, I never did find anything obviously sure for, for that board um, but I have been um, thinning down my base collection okay did you buy a base collection again no, Joe, you okay. won't have a bass. Yeah, well, no, no, I'm, I'm cutting it down. down. I'm cutting it down. I've cut it down to two jazz basses, one P bass, one Yamaha, a bass six. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, tiny. It's, it's, it? it's funny you say that because I, yesterday I restrung a load of guitars and I was like, I've forgotten what I actually string up all my guitars with, and I strung my, one of my tellies up with the wrong strings, and then it was like completely threw the action out. I was like, ah. Oh. So I've had to make a list of everything I've got and then all the strings that I use because I just keep forgetting. I don't have that problem that anymore. Is, oh, that's, that's awful, it's, Matt. It's not, oh my it's not God. a bad problem to have, is it, really? That's I've got the too, sort of thing too many that, guitars. That's the sort of thing that could end a relationship if your girlfriend yeah. ever finds that list. Yes. Yeah, she'd be like, <laughs> Matt, you've lost the plot. You've got too many. Um, so anyway, you, so what did you sell? Well, um, I'm putting up my Billy Sheen signature Yamaha. Okay. Um, when you say putting it up, do you mean just put it in the bin? Well, no, I'm putting it up for sale, but I was going to sell it because I owe the artist that does my band's artwork some money, and um, and because we've had a lot of other things to pay out for, I I wasn't going to be able to pay him for a while. So I thought, oh, I'll do that, and then um, and then my girlfriend got a massive pay rise and offered to front me the money for a little bit. So So you don't necessarily have to sell it. Well, no, I was going to sell it anyway, and so I've been having a chat with, I forget his name, the guy who runs classicandcoolguitars.com. Oh, oh God, not this again. Yeah, 
limelight um, <laughs> fake Fender custom shops. Yeah, I feel like we've been here just, so many times. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just buy a real one. Just buy a real one. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't need to. The you limelight. Do, but one. like, you'll you'll sell it immediately. No. What I will do is snap it on stage at some point. Yeah, why would you do that? It's still 500 quid. They're not cheap enough to just chuck them no, around. No, I'm not, no, but that's the point. That's what I'm saying. Not deliberately. I'm oh, saying right. accidents will happen. No, when have you ever snapped a bass well, on stage? I don't know, but I'm, I would feel very, very <laughs> uncomfortable. When has anyone ever snapped a bass? <laughs> True, but I don't want to tour... A two and a half grand instrument. I, mean, I, I don't want to tour it. It's more likely that it will get stolen, and that is something yeah. that I would be concerned about if I had a guitar that was that much money. Well, there you go. I so don't get insured. Yeah, I still don't want to tour a two and a half grand instrument. So, <laughs> but it's you know it's the only way to get some things from Fender. So this is an alternative. So I've been specking up a uh, a heavy Reddick fifty one P bass. Okay. I mean, if this is good, it will it will be. Like, it will be a good instrument as long as they do it correctly. The problem that I worry about is you buy and sell stuff all the time, and you're going to buy this for what, six, seven hundred quid? Uh, probably close to eight. Yeah, okay, and then you're going to sell it for 300 pounds. Well, this time next year. Yeah, no, in, no, in this, check out this time, time next year. But on Base Chat, they hold their value ish. <laughs> ish. As much as any other second-hand brand does. We'll see. Not as much as Fender does. I can almost guarantee we'll all be here in a year's time and you will not own that bass mm. anymore. Okay. How so long is it taking to get also, made? Also, um, it, it's, it's, I don't know, actually. I don't, it, I'm not sure we <laughs> bridged that yet. Okay, fine. Um, but if if I was going to go to Fender and say I want a heavy Relic 51p bass uh, well, you'd have to get master three bill. grand for that yeah and true true but you'd also be able to sell it for you know £2,500 probably if I don't get it stolen yeah. at a show yeah but then get it insured yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I also don't have three grand we're never going to win this you mean what your Yamaha Billy Sheehan's not worth three grand <laughs> no it's only I can get maybe two for it two grand I think <laughs> But, um, but maybe you'll do maybe you'll do someone on the podcast a deal. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Um, should we dive into some news? Nude men. First up <laughs> is uh, not gear related this week. Um, it's uh, talking about guitars for sale. Paul Kossoff's Les Paul has come up for sale. Matt, what <clears throat> are the details? Um, so Bonham's uh, auction house in London John got Bonham's. it up for sale. John Bonham has John Bonham come Matter. back from the dead and started an auction house specifically <laughs> for this Les Paul. Okay, sweet. Um, <laughs> that is quite a story. I, I, I have no idea who owns it now. I'm assuming it's coming from some sort of like private collection. Um, and yeah, it's come up on this like um, entertainment sort of memorabilia auction. Um, no price, no estimate is given. You have to phone them if you want a rough idea of how much you definitely won't be able to afford it. We I reckon it's, we should have done that live uh, on the podcast. I, I, re- I reckon it's probably true. true. I can do it now. No, let's not oh. call them now. <laughs> oh, it's, um, that's awful. <laughs> can we phone them? Let's phone them on no. the podcast. Maybe next <laughs> week. Probably not open at seven o'clock. Oh, probably are, actually. Yeah. I reckon someone's at Bonhams the whole time. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Like well, yeah, but you don't want to. You're probably not going to get through to a security guard. No, yeah, that. I could do no, one of I, my voices. No, <laughs> hello. No, it's Ian McKellen here. All I'm saying and is, I would like to purchase a guitar. All I'm saying is, we are recording the Patreon straight after this, oh. so you never know. That might be on <laughs> there. It might not be. We'll find out. We it's, should start doing prank calls on. No, the definitely Patreon. not. <laughs> definitely not start doing prank calls. We'll do Joe phones a different guitar manufacturer and ask them annoying questions. <laughs> you could, uh, yeah, that would actually be quite funny. But let's not, definitely not do that right now. Matt, tell um, us. So it's going for loads of money. Yeah, it's basically, it's going to go for a load of money. It was featured um, in a book um, called The Million Dollar Les Paul by Tony Bacon. Um, you think it will be... About it. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Bacon. Bacon a, unfortunately, Bacon is a funny name. I've, I've uh, got a book. Have you? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I got it for free when I went to the... Uh... Oh, yeah. Go on about your Gibson trip again. Um, so it's in, <laughs> it's in The Million Dollar Les Paul. Yeah. But the, the weird Wouldn't thing is... be a million just, dollars then? No, it's going to be... It's going to be more. It'll be a lot. It'll be a lot of money. The weird thing is, is that apparently the headstock broke Matt off. He, it as if it's he, he, um, he threw it at a gig and broke the headstock off 
um, from the fifth fret. So the neck from the fifth, fifth fret upwards and the headstock have all been replaced, which is why there's no serial number. What? Which is really weird. Um, Sorry, when you say the headstock broke off from the fifth fret, that's not the, the headstock. Neck. That's the whole <laughs> neck. <laughs> yeah. All um, the usable frets broke just, off. Like, I'd rather have had the other side, the other bit. The bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, which is quite weird. And obviously it's going for a lot of money because of obviously the person who's played it and it is still a 59 Les Paul. So, yeah, it's going to go for a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. The, the crazy thing is, as I was saying to uh, I was saying to Mark just before this, there's another 59 Les Paul for sale in London at the moment at Hank's Guitar Shop in Denmark Street, uh, which was owned by Gary Granger, who played for Rod Stewart, um, and they've got that for a million dollars at the moment, so six hundred and sixty thousand um, pounds. But that is probably one of the nicest looking Les Pauls I've ever seen, and it's basically in mint condition. Um, so we think the Paul Kossoff is probably... I, mean, I don't. It certainly won't go for, like, Peter Green money, will it? It will go for surely less than that. Well, the thing is with the Peter Green is they've all changed hands privately, technically. So yeah. no one really knows how much it's worth. It's when these things come up for an auction, it kind of... Yeah, it I almost. Think got, sort of I think we've got it. an idea of how much it was... Yeah, he probably paid a million pounds for it. I mean, you well, know... Well, no, when I, Kirk Hammett bought it, he paid more than that. I don't think it was ever announced how much he paid. No. No, we only know no. about the the million pound yeah, deal. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Interesting that something like this is, and you know, there's also a kind of bit of a auction fever. I'd imagine like people are probably willing to go over the top a little bit. Did I see yeah. in the Facebook group someone said that they were offered it? Yes. Is that is that is that was that true? I think so. Yeah. He said because I saw there was I, I I wasn't sure if I was getting mixed up between this and another fifty nine, but I'm pretty sure it was this. Someone said that. Did you see this? Someone said they were offered it in the early seventies for five hundred quid. Yeah. And he turned it down because it had a headstock break. There we go. Again, not a headstock because break. Because that is true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got a headstock break. Yeah. 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 And so, the weird, the weird thing is, he bought it in nineteen seventy, which once again just shows that that who? fact that these guitars just Paul weren't Kossoff. popular. Yeah, Did he it? bought the guitar in 1970 and I only had it for six years. Um, <laughs> so it's quite quite weird. Wow, just there, there we go. Um, so yeah, if you want to um, fancy chipping in on the Patreon, maybe we could get ourselves a new guitar to uh, to share between us. We'll see. Hmm. So earlier we were talking about stacking drive pedals. Has anyone ever stacked two pedals <laughs> with the same name by two different companies? No, 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 because it doesn't exist. Well, what about the Maxon O, uh, the Maxon TS9 and an Ibanez TS9? Yeah, how up about yours. that one, Matt Knight? Pedal expert, Matt Knight. Called, isn't it yeah, called the Maxon's called, called an OD9? OD9. Oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you won the quiz and everything. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it's not possible, Matt. Surely, surely not. And, and, no, until. until now, um, so now. that on, was really bad. I know. Yeah. So on <laughs> on Thursday, I think it was, Electronics and JHS both released a pedal called the Crayon. Um, do you want to tell us about it, Matt? Yeah, I, it's a bit of a weird one because when I first saw it, I was like, "Is this a joke? Is it like genuinely a joke?" And obviously, we know Electroharmonics are known for making sort of cheaper pedals now that sound similar to other units. Um, but I've listened to both and they do sound quite different and so I personally think it's a complete coincidence um, where others have said Electroharmonics are definitely ripping them off um, what's weird the- though is Electroharmonics have showed two different versions of it with two different artworks and yeah. someone asked about it on the Facebook page they were like oh what's the why they-? oh no it was on the YouTube video I think someone said why are there two different like looks there and they said Mike won't tell us <laughs> like Mike Matthews, who's a designer, said, yeah, like, apparently he just won't. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tell them why there's two different ones in the video. Who, like, who knows when you buy one, what are you getting? Which one will you get? Who knows? I mean, it's, 
I don't know. Maybe they've just decided to do two different graphics. Maybe they're just going to do that from now on. Like they know that people. That's are, quite a nice idea. They know that people are like well into buying. There's because there's a lot of people who just buy electro harmonics pedals because they like, like electro harmonics. And they're cheap, and you can own them all. Like maybe yeah. Mike Matthews has just decided to do what you know the sort of music industry has been doing for a long time by like pressing uh, different numbers of pressings on a vinyl on different colours it's like your comic variant cover absolutely like. yeah maybe they're just starting to do that yeah that might be the case um, so describe the sounds then Matt what does the uh, what does the JHS crayon do so the JHS crayon is a smaller version of their pedal called the colour box which was basically the input channel and EQ from a, like an old vintage mixing desk um, and you could use it as like um, a DI out for guitar, but you could also use it as a standalone sort of drive pedal slash EQ pedal. This is the drive section um, from that pedal in a separate box. So it basically masters all those kind of like direct in distortion effects that, you know, like uh, the Beatles used and Led Zeppelin used basically plugging into a valve desk and then cranking the preamp. So no amplifier, just going straight in. So you get all these kind of sort of really nice sort of distortion sounds but sort of some all out fuzz sounds as well where the electro harmonics crayon tends to be another another overdrive I mean they're kicking out overdrives like <laughs> one a week at the moment it seems uh, seriously it's- in the last so we've been doing podcasts I guess together for three years yeah um, in the last three years there's probably been 20 different electro harmonics overdrives yeah easily so, something like that if not, if not more because you I think mean, the, like so there was like all the things like Satisfaction Fuzz, East Soul River, Food, East, Soul Food Base, Soul Food Base, East River Drive, The Crayon, um, Hot Tubes. I'm sure. I mean, they must they must be just working on this stuff. I, I suppose because they've got a bigger team. So a company like JHS is a small company in America. They hand make everything in their own workshop. They they mod a load of other pedals. And I just imagine Electro Harmonics is probably just absolutely massive. Yeah. And they've probably got like a huge team of people just constantly just like designing circuits yeah um, I mean just going on the overdrive section on their website overdrive fuzz and distortion there's probably like yeah a good 30 effects on there easily what was the um, that one the log was it just called the log oh yeah it was oh, a yeah. logarithmic oh no it was called the it was the, the lumberjack. lumberjack the lumberjack oh, yeah. that was it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it was a, I was going to say clever, the, wood, the woodsman <laughs> Um, the woodsman. That would be. Oh, that's my new pedal, the woodsman. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's bonkers that they both came out the same day. The thing that I, I really like the Electronics one. The one I like, what I like about it is it sounds like a really good recorded overdrive tone. Um, it sounds yeah. like a guitar plugged into like a Marshall or something. But it's also got quite a lot of flexibility because it's got separate treble and bass EQs. Yeah, I suppose because that's a. What they've tried to do is make a full range overdrive. It's not mid-heavy, like a lot of tube screamers. Yeah. You know, a lot of overdrives, you know, especially can be really fussy about what sort of amp you put it in. Whereas this one, because it's full range, you've got the, the, you know, the treble and bass control. It'll work better with with a bigger range of amplifiers, where some, like, tube screamers in certain amps just don't sound great. Not because the pedal's bad or the amp's bad, but just because there's so much mid-range in those units. Um, so yeah, bizarre that they're both called the same name, but they both do like completely different things. The um, uh, the electroharmonics kind of reminds me of like pedals that you'd see like fifteen <coughs> years ago, where they'd just be like an overdrive, just generic overdrive, yeah, or kind of the overdrive, or, you, almost something like you know, like the Boss Mega Distortion or oh. something like that. I mean, it doesn't really sound like that, but it's got that kind of thing. It's not pretentious. It's not like oh, you get a nice like mid-range boost that's really going to cut through it's not like a transparent a overdrive they've just overdrive. gone here's, you, you a, here's said, an overdrive with bass and treble you said before that you prefer ele- that the, the electro harmonics one to the JHS one Do, I haven't spent enough time with the uh, or haven't listened to the video or anything really on the JHS I kind of know the idea and if it sounds like I love like, the idea though I think it's so much more interesting than the electro harmonics yeah, one yeah, I know, I know totally. that they're obviously even though they have the same name they're not really competing no. but just the idea of like a, a sort of direct in style drive I mean I love the uh, like late Beatles kind of guitar plug straight into a desk overdrive so um, I reckon the JHS JHS one will be really good Um, but I just really like a simple 50 quid I assume it's going to be about 50 quid um, oh yeah it won't be more than that a drive that you can you know a young kid might walk into a shop and say I just want an overdrive for my guitar Hmm. like these days it's such a crowded market and there's so many complicated options but But don't you think that that's a reason to have an edge 
rather than to not have an edge. But I, I mean, think the, Electro the, Harmonix think, are making themselves into the Pokemon cards of. of yeah, of course. Ones. But I think this has got an edge by not overcomplicating things. Like everyone's going for like transparent overdrive or tube screamer clone or clone clone. This is just like some kid he walks into a shop and goes, "I really like overdriven guitar sounds." And you give him an and SD you just go one. Here's oh, yeah, oh, of course. There's some boss or options her. as well. Um, him or her, indeed. Um, but I just think this is good. It's got loads of control on it. Um, it's not going to cost a lot of money. Um, and they're kind of small. You could just add one to a pedal board without too much too much hassle. So Let's do... Um, so, I've not heard of this company. Dorna Prince. Had you heard of them before, Matt? I'd, I'd never heard of them until someone mentioned it on the Such Facebook. Such a good name, though. The, what, the uh, Dorna Prince? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great name. So, this new pedal they've just released is the Boonar, um, which is a... Uh, it's a Binson Echo Rec in a box, so I guess they're going, kind of going for Strymon Deco style. No, because well, actually, this is the thing: the Binson Echo Rec was the only vintage delay pedal that didn't use or a tape echo that didn't actually use uh, tape. I suppose okay. it was it was it was it was like magnetic, so it had um, it physically recorded it onto like a disc. Almost like um, so, they had no parts wear, and it was more reliable. Just why loads of people started using them, but they have the, a sound like all of their own. Um, so it's basically a, yeah, a, a type of a vintage like tape echo, like multi-head like tape echo, effectively. Um, but they've so on this pedal, they've also, from what I understand, done things like they've done on the deco, where there's you know you can color the sound a little bit and things like that. Yeah, I think they've got things like. Um, like you can change like the age of the, the like the magnetic drum so you get to get like oh, more vintage cool. sort of like warble and stuff like that uh, yeah i mean it seemed it seems like a really cool unit and it actually seems like going to be a really reasonable size a bit like the pitronics pedals um, yeah they're kind of like an mxr pedal but turned on their side aren't they yeah well it's like they because you know they do things like the aria distortion and the yeah. philosopher's tone i think it's basically the, the same size as that what looks like it anyway like like the same sort i guess um uh something that people might know a bit um a bit more than those pedals is like the same as the zvex pedals yeah 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 um i'm i want to get in touch with them see if we can uh get one to do a video demo because i really really want to hear what it uh what it sounds like just through yeah. through an actual amp you can't really get a and what you can't really judge on a on a uh, youtube video, video for something like that i don't think what i really like as well is that um You've basically got a separate button that's like a like a swell and like a repeat for like infinite repeats, and then the like you can change the drum age on top, but the four controls on the top are one gives you more treble one way, more bass the other way, um, and then you can kind of like um, you can actually tap in the playback heads you want because it's got those four buttons on the front. Yes. So it looks like it could be really interesting because you get some quite ri- good rhythmic effects with that as well. Um, there's another pedal similar to this called the Echorec from uh catlin bread i think yeah. make uh make basically a, a very very similar pedal to that so it kind of yeah it has like a tape echo echoplex probably more like a space echo type of vibe actually okay. um on something like that which is quite cool I've, I've never played an original one though which is a shame but i've heard plenty of pedals like this that give you a good idea on the uh, the last of our new pedals this week, uh, the Charlie Foxtrot by Maleco. Um, this is a signature for a guy from the Dandy Warhols. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's a weird choice for. Have Dan- a Dandy Warhols still a band? Don't know, no idea. But it's not the main fella because he's like a. You would know his name. It's like the the guitarist from the Dandy Warhols, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, just um, tell us what it is, Matt. It's a kind of weird, sort of vibey. Yeah, it's it's this this cut. I mean, there's a bit of background. The company Maleco actually um, they also make Eurorack synth modules as well for like um, for you know modular synthesizers, and they actually made hand built a load of the Roland ones for um, some of the limited edition Roland um, analog modular synth stuff that's coming out. And they've been building pedals for absolutely ages. Um, and they do loads, ev- nearly everything they do is kind of weird and wacky. Um, and this one is like an electroharmonics freeze, but you can sort of, it's, it's almost like you freeze the sound, but it repeats it infinitely like a delay, but with no oscillation. Yeah. So it's, then you, it's, what? it's doing like a weird glitch thing. It's like basically... I assume that you hold down the pedal to record a part. So if you were to do a chord, 
it takes like a sample of that chord and then repeats it rhythmically and then when you change chord I assume you hold it down again it does the same thing so you're yeah. setting like a tempo it's it's very very weird pedal the the videos with him actually are really cool um, it's kind of yeah, I'm not really sure how you would use it. In the same way like the Montreal Count to Five that you've got, Matt, you know, it takes yeah. some kind of playing around with to, to get anything out of it. Um, I yeah. think this is going to have a similar vibe. They call it a digital buffer slash granulator. Um, you can get, I, I think maybe it comes from the idea of, um, like, Boss DD3, if you turn the repeats all the way up, it doesn't actually self-oscillate. Um, so there's also like a hold mode that captures like two or th- like two or three milliseconds, and loads of people have used it for kind of like playing chords. And then you just like hit that, and then hit the DD3, and you get this cool glitch sort of effect that you can then modulate with the delay time. And I think this is basically taking in like a similar thing. Um, but yeah, you can then like change the. I think you can change like the, the size of the capture and then the pitch as well. So like once again it's one of those cool things we just like we should try and get our hands on it and see if we can do a demo on it basically definitely peter holmstrom there we go is the the second guitarist the lead the main fella from the oh, yeah Daily that, that completely household name courtney taylor taylor really it's his name <laughs> no it isn't courtney taylor taylor wow okay taylor taylor is a spy oh that's so good i think it may be his parents were both called Taylor okay sweet. I don't know um, but one thing so I'm just having a quick look on uh, Peter Holmstrand's uh, Wikipedia page it lists all of um, his gear and stuff so he's got some very very cool gear um, one of the things he plays uh, this is this. I mean this looks like the last time it was updated or at least the gear stuff was updated was, two, uh, was 2000 or at least that's what he was playing back then okay. but he had a base 6 tuned A to A right. uh, which is very cool um, the other that's thing, really cool. Yeah, that's also really yeah. hard to get hold of back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably um, a vintage one, I'd yeah. imagine. Um, the other thing in here that I'm really interested in, Matt, I think you might be as well. And I'm, I'm a bit, I don't really know how you do it. But one of the pedals that it lists that he uses is a Boss DM2 in a Wawa housing. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that, yeah, that kind of makes sense though, doesn't it? If you think if he's using like a pedal where you can swell up the um, feedback, that's kind of what this yeah. pedal does, just by holding down a. a well, button. maybe maybe yeah. that's why why they've made it. Yeah, maybe ah. they've yeah. So there you go. There we go. That all makes sense. All yes. makes sense. Talking about low tune guitars. One last bit of news this week. Um, <coughs> PRS have just announced the SE two seven seven semi hollow soap bar and the SE two seven seven. Matt, have you had a chance to have a look at these yet? Uh, yeah, I was just having a quick look on their website. I don't think they've actually landed yet. I think they they are like shipping now, basically. But they look absolutely awesome. Um, it's good to see more baritone stuff that isn't necessarily like metal orientated. Yeah. Um, so actually, ch- tuning on these is pure baritone. Is it like B to B? B to B. It's a twenty-seven point seven inch scale length, um, chambered with F holes and soap bar pickups. Well, not so, that's one of the models. There's also a standard humbucker one, isn't there? That isn't. There's a, yeah, I think, there's a, I think there's a yeah two seven seven baritone and then a two seven seven baritone that's hollow body with P90s. Yes. Um, but yeah, ships tuned tuned B to B, um, and it looks awesome. I I must admit, like because they, they look like normal PRSs. Um, once again, they're kind of not metal orientated, so they look really nice. Which is actually one of the things I forgot to mention earlier was that earlier this week. Um, we I went to a clinic for Misha Mansur, who plays in a band called Periphery which is not necessarily a band I'm like kind of massively into, but he was like a, a, like a really big guitar nerd and he's got obviously a couple of signature Jacksons that he's had done to, in like odd tunings. And like all of his guitars don't necessarily look like really metal, um, but obviously they've got like a really cool sound to them. Um, and like the pickups he uses, the bare knuckle um, juggernauts, are like super high output, but they're really like really crystal clear. Unlike you know using something that you might like distort an amp like really hard those ones actually kind of worked really well for like clean stuff as well so i think with people using or going for his style of music especially at the moment like these are a really good um option for prs i think people are tapping into that kind of like new jazz stuff aren't they where it's like people are doing jazz but it's like overdriven like i guess you're like toast and a bassy well speaking of which actually this you, you haven't put it in the news but um and I guess it's because it's not been sort of completely announced yet. But the first 
A um, couple of photos have arrived of the new Tosin Abassi signature model. Okay. Have you seen any of these, Matt? Is it another Ibanez? I haven't. Actually, it is no. Ibanez. It's Are you allowed to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Tosin Abassi's been putting it on his Instagram. Okay. So it's not it's not anything that I've been given embargoed or anything. Um, because it's not finished. He's only had... He's had two prototypes. And okay. Two photos have been uploaded about it. So, um, you know... Uh, no, it's not the headless thing, is it? No, but it Google. is really strongly based on that. Now, the the thing with Tosin Abassi is he was uh, previously... I can't remember the name of the um, the the brands that used to make his signature models. They're, um, I think Strandberg were one of them, and he had a couple of others. But, yeah, he went for all those um, uh, exotic wood, uh, headless, fan-fretted... Seven Awful. and eight string guitars. Well, I, I I agree. I wouldn't play one, but I think he made them look really cool, and I, yeah. he certainly plays them incredibly. But um, uh, he went from those to his Ibanez, which was weird considering what he played before. Like he used to have like a cowboy hat and one of those big <laughs> long. What, what do you call those? Waistcoat Max. The the long Max with the uh, Parker. No, with the bit the cowboy <laughs> bit. Cowboy, oh, like a duster. Duster, that's okay. it. Yeah, yeah, that's really so weird. He used to wear those and play this eight-string exotic wood headless bass, and it looked like a shotgun. Bass. He held it. Oh, guitar, sorry. Um, uh, and it looked like a, a a shotgun when he held it because of the way he dressed. So it was so. Um, yeah, there you go. Jay's just found a picture. I've just found it. It, it looks. I must admit, people are going to love it. I hate it. I think it looks awesome. Oh, oh the Ibanez. <laughs> Talking about the Ibanez. Yeah, yeah, the Ibanez. Okay. Well, yeah, we were just looking at the old picture of him in his duster and cowboy hat. But, um, but yeah, and and so his. Um, <laughs> it was a real uh, odd thing when he went for his Ibanez signature model, and all of a sudden it was basically an eight-string RG strap style thing, and it was very yeah. traditional. You know, it had some very traditional features like being. Like being sort of HSH. For it was a it was an RG and, basically, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, an yeah, fleshed out to eight strings. Exactly. Um, but all of the uh, all of the little bits about it made it very quite traditional, even for an RG. So this is more in line with what he played before. So he's not gone for an exotic wood. He's gone for a matte black, but it's a matte black top, and then you've got. Um, I, I it looks like it was uh, um, that purple heart. Um, oh yeah, for, for for the actual body wood, so you can see the the wood for the rest of the body, but it's a, a sort of stealth black top, um, and it is it's a um, a single cut, but like I, I use that term in the bass format of the term. So when the the top horn goes halfway up the neck, oh god, and joins halfway up the neck, so it's way more. And this one's fan fretted as well. I think it's not headless. It still uh, has the same Ibanez headstock, but um, but yeah, looks. Uh, looks great and and he's gone for this time just two active humbuckers i don't know what they are yet but like traditional sort of you know the sort of soap bar style like humbuckers block, yeah. yeah like a block rather than the sort of traditional style that he went for before so totally different i mean hopefully less than less than four and a half grand because that original <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of killed the original one didn't it well, it did didn't it because it was a great guitar but it, it was so expensive and for yeah. a guitar that Anyone who buys an eight, well, not anyone, but most people buying an eight string are going to be buying an eight string maybe for the first time. It's a very new instrument, and you're going to be learning on it. So to have to put down four and a half thousand pounds on it just made it out of a lot of people, a lot of people's sort of not not necessarily their price uh, area, but how much money they're willing zone. to spend on an eight string. But so that's why they released the the budget version, of course. But the budget version was so budget yeah it was yeah. I mean it was 500 quid but it looked like a 200 pound guitar yeah and that because there was no like adornments on it was no, just exactly. like completely black yeah, yeah it, was, it was just it was it was a bad idea and I think this one hopefully they're aiming hopefully it's a grand and it looks great you know and, and it will this will actually be what the original should have done which was be a more affordable because it's made by a big manufacturer alternative to going to all those weird custom shop brands that Tosin went to for his, well, his previous yeah. signatures that's what I was going to say is that there's a weird like underground culture of the the kind of people that are into this sort of music are really into really obscure, obscure brands obscure super exotic guitar brands um, I was talking to Ben from Bare Knuckle and he said he went to a guitar show recently in the UK I can't remember what it was called no, it wasn't in the UK, it was in Frankfurt, and there's basically 120 different builders there, instrument builders. None of them are major brands. They, or they're all like boutique guitar builders. 
Um, and he said that they're building loads of pickups for those companies because all these companies are coming out with like 10 string, like 11 string guitars that people are going nuts for and they're building all these specialist pickups. It's uh, it's certainly not a market that I'm kind of tapped into, but like I know that loads of people are into Strandberg and stuff. So. Speaking of which, yeah. I, yeah. I've I'm, I've been <clears throat> hearing that because uh, this is I guess our our last uh, podcast before Black Friday coming up at the yeah. end of the week um, that a lot of custom shop uh, companies are going to be doing Black discount, Friday stuff, Black Friday really okay. discounts. Yeah, interesting. So if there was ever a time to get in your headless eight string. Babinga custom your shop your limelight base yeah. get it now because you're definitely going to lose money on it when you sell it <laughs> yeah definitely yeah see so if you can get a Black Friday deal mm. on your on your limelight anyway should we do some questions questions um, so let's do Josh it's, it's chaos out there tonight it's, there's a lot of police there is I, don't, I live in quite a nice neighbourhood I, I think genuinely so. thought I'd get away with it <laughs> I don't even want to know what the crime is <laughs> crimes yeah. against Crimes against music. <laughs> Crimes that, against facial hair. That pol- that polymath record finally dropped on Spotify, <laughs> and they're out for him. <laughs> Josh says, "I will soon have two thousand pounds to spend. Would love an old Gibson Les Paul. The older, the better. What can I get for that sort of price? Well, you could get a headless eight-string <laughs> mayonnaise." <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a guitar actually made out of mayonnaise? Because <laughs> then I could eat it. Um, so, £2,000. What will that get you on the vintage Les Paul market at the moment, Jay? Um, it, it, I tell you what it won't get you. Is it, it won't get you anything that I want from that, which is um, a... So, to, to add a little bit of context from this, I, I, I saw this question and I was very interested in it and I was sort of having a little read up on it. And uh, I think Josh goes on to say that he's really after something with P90s. Okay. Is that, if, uh, if that's, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what he went on to say. Okay, I didn't, I, I just copied the initial question. That's possible. I'm pretty sure it is. And um, I, Matt's the person to ask when it comes to vintage stuff. I mean, I, I only ever really look at, because my, my sort of long-term gain is I, I really want to get a double cut. Um, Les Paul Junior, okay. single pickup, double cut Les Paul Junior. I'm constantly on the lookout, and they're always they're always a, a lot more money than I can afford. Wait, a single pickup, double cut? Yeah. Really? Okay. Why? That's just a weird thing to to. That's to go great, for. isn't it? No, no. They, they, yeah, they make them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's why. Why would you would you get a sing, single just a cut, single cut? Yeah, that's the best one, isn't it? Yeah, that is the best one. Oh, I do like this. I really like the double cut. So, yeah, you still um, have your double cut. Yeah, I've still got that. So, two thousand pounds won't get you that. No, not if you not an original one. Um, what can you get? I mean, I guess probably quite a lot on Black Friday. If you're well, maybe <laughs> not vintage. I don't think the vintage guitar market is affected by uh, seasonal sales. Really, well, I mean, it's nearly 2016. 2015's got to be considered virtually virtually vintage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? Where are you? If you if you're looking at something vintage, I mean, I, I guess to a certain degree, this opens up the question of what you would consider vintage. Yeah, exactly. Because That's what I was going to say. Because are you going to get you know, anything? Want, are you going to get anything pre? Yeah, I mean, are you going to get anything pre 1958 for that money? Are you going to get anything like no. 58, 59, 60? No, you're not. And then if you're looking at Les Pauls, you've got like sort of ten years where they didn't produce them. Ish, you know. Well, maybe not. But you know, there's. What, what year did they come back? Um, 1968. 68, 68. Okay, so you've got nearly 10 years when they didn't produce them. So, you know, and was the, the sort of late 60s stuff that well, good? I'll tell you what you would get that you probably get for two grand. You might spend a little bit more. You might be able to pick up like a late 70s deluxe, which might either have mini humbuckers or yeah. it might have P90s. They're, I was not, gonna say, they're not bad the only- guitars. They're not yeah. great guitars, are they? They're not great guitars, but they're not bad guitars. Some people, I've, I've seen quite a few come in for sort of like, you know, general setups that people have had that they've bought, you know, secondhand in the 80s or owned since the late the late 70s. Um, one thing you can pick up for the, for about two grand is a late 70s, early 80s Les Paul Custom, um, which tend to be quite nice. The only thing is, is some of them, um, I can't remember what period it is, I've got the sandwich body, yeah, so they that- can be really heavy. But some of them, you've got to play a few of them. Like, there's definitely, like, um, 
you know there's some some good ones out there unfortunately they're just not as consistent as no. the stuff now and that's the thing is you say oh i want to buy an old les pool and it's like but you know you could buy yeah you could buy a traditional from five years ago for 59 you know 1300 quid or you could buy a traditional this year for 1699 um yeah it doesn't really kind of like, gibson don't work yeah. like fender you don't no. have like a 30 year period of good guitars no and that, and that's all but i would agree with you i would say if you're looking at something from the sort of late 70s early 80s then the les paul custom is the one yeah, to look for they're the most consistent yeah definitely, definitely. um actually i'll tell you what you could get just as a quick as a just the something's popped up because i thought what i'd do is i just pop on ebay and see what's going for that sort of money um second hand 52 um les paul custom like custom shop because um, it's P90s, Trapeze Bridge. They were like £2,500 new when they were a standard model, so now you might get one for about two grand. I would think that, that would be the way that I would go. Rather than actually yeah. buy vintage, get yourself a Definitely. nice custom shop from the last few years. I would say so. And actually, one of the suggestions that someone put up there was a um, was a, a 56 reissue, yep. um, which I think is is a, such a fantastic guitar. That I, I really, really like the 56s. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's you're going to get a much more consistent guitar. You probably end up getting a better guitar for your money, yeah. like over those seventies and eighties guitars that are, can be patchy at best. I mean, like you know, we, this is something we've spoken about at length before. But Gibson, I mean, I genuinely think Gibson are making as much as 2015 was a wobble in some ways. You know, in the the sort of production. Um, and the more sort of production line market. When it comes to the custom shop stuff, like I, I think they're building better guitars now than than they have done in. I, well, I don't know, forty years. I, 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 I mean, really yeah. think they're the some of the best the guitars they've ever constantly- made. Yeah, the thing is, they're constantly moving forward, like any company should, and they're constantly changing the way they do things to make it better. Mm. So you know, now they are making things better than they ever have I would, really. say, I would um, say that the thing to like if you're looking for something sort of modern-ish I, I, a good thing to look for would be something from 2013 I think 2013 was <clears throat> excuse me I think 2013 was Gibson's best year of like the modern era yeah um, because it was the year that um, I mean my traditional is from 2013 and I really love that but also, you know, you've got um, that was the first year that the custom shop really stepped it up a notch, and they started um, using high glue and the anodyne dye, and you know, it's they actually introduced five new bases in 2013, in 2013 yeah. which is mental when you consider they do two now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, 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 and actually, I, um, it was five, oh. excluding the fact that they had two different alternatives in um, in their SGs. As, as well yeah 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 i was gonna say i've i've just just as a, an end to this i've come up with a couple of ebay selections um for for under two grand that you could possibly go for 2006 gibson peter frampton les paul jr pilot run three p90s yes basically oh, wow. looks like a les paul jr with three p90 it looks absolutely amazing is there a gibson uh, 2020 on this yeah no 1639 that's not bad Okay. And it, it's basically a three pick at three P ninety Les Paul Junior, uh, a nineteen eighty Les Paul Pro, uh, which basically looks like a Les Paul Custom Sunburst plain top with P nineties. Uh, that's going for seventeen hundred pounds. And Jay's going to kick himself here. There was a uh, two thousand eight Joan Jet Melody Maker now going for fifteen hundred dollars. What? What? No oh, way! Jay should have bought one when he had the chance. I was expecting you to say four hundred pounds. No, no, fifteen hundred dollars. One thousand eighteen pounds and twenty three oh, pence. Jay, with another seventy five pound shipping. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. Used as well, not even in mint condition. Did it go? Did it sell? It's set. It's on there now. Uh, That's too much money for that guitar. There's Paul Melody Maker. Any bids? Uh, uh, no, it's just to buy it now. So there won't be any bids. What? Just... Oh, oh, oh! Someone's speaking, having a laugh. Speaking That's of eBay, I saw that. Um, I saw that Alien Ant Farms base go up again. Oh, did it? it went yeah, back yeah, up. Yeah, okay, it went back interesting. Up. This this time with like a buy it now. Okay, <laughs> unsurprisingly, for how much? The last three times. Oh, it, it was sold. a lot of money. I think it was like. I think it was like nine grand or something. Unbelievable. It's mental. So dumb. So dumb. <sighs> I'm heartbroken about that Joan Jet. 
We should um we yeah, should sorry, looking man. at this. We should oh, do like oh, some oh, sort oh. of eBay podcast because there's some some weird weird stuff on on eBay at the moment. Especially I just put in Gibson and there's like odd colours like models I've never heard of. Okay, I'll tell and you they're what. Probably fake. I tell you what, we haven't got anything lined up for the Patreon this week, so why don't we carry this over into oh, the Patreon? Oh, I thought I was going to phone up loads I'm of not, brands. We're not <laughs> doing that. At, at half seven on a Monday, you're really like, there's there's Hello? one person, there's Hello? one person stuck at Sotheby's, and they're really really pissed off that they're there at seven thirty. On a Monday, Joe calls Hello, up. is that the Fender CEO? Why don't you? <laughs> I can do something like that. And if you would like to pay for that content, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where for just $5 a month, you'll get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds every week. Uh, that's two hours a month for only $5. Or for $10 a month, you will become one of our executive producers and get your name read out thusly. Hello, Gibson Design Team. <laughs> You know your 2015 range? Why don't you go frickin' realise that they were rubbish? Are you going to read the names? Of oh, the is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah, that's how this works <laughs> every single week. What are you doing? I'm reading them. <laughs> Eric, Siri, Paul, Corrigan, Dale, Rasco, Jack, Conway, Will, Claire, Chris, Wilson, Scott O'Brien, Matt, Quine, Fletch, Fletcher, Phil, Thompson, Moo, Gravit, Colin, Anderson... I like that one breath approach. It works really well. There's a little bit of tension. Yeah, I hope through. no one else signs up to this because uh, it's gonna. I hope people do sign up, and you can do patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, you can also join us on Facebook, where you can submit questions every week. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Uh, you can join us on Twitter at guitar nerds. Over on YouTube at not at that's not how YouTube works <laughs> youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos we're going to put one up this week the top five Christmas gifts for guitarists 2015 um, do join us on Friday when that goes live new content every Friday now we're going to have pedal of the week we're having top ten videos Jay's probably going to do something on video at some point yeah um, uh, yeah so Friday we're, every week we're going to be putting up new stuff um, you can join me at mark underscore random on Twitter you can join Matt at Matt underscore Nightsey, that's night with S-I-E on the end. You can join Jay at J-A-Y-B-N-1 and Joe at Joseph underscore 900. Thanks very much, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Farewell. Bye.